Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. It's Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. That's a slightly, I think I recognize that music, Greg. Did Star, that's the Star Trek theme, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. It's uh, Star Wars. Oh, obviously. sorry. Oh. Uh, so close. <laughs> the reason why we are playing that instantly recognizable theme song is because it will be one of many familiar themes featured this weekend at the Centennial Concert Hall in something called Soundtracks Live, which is happening January 20th through the 22nd. And the composer of said production is live in studio with us right now. His name is Ryan Shore. Mr. Shore, welcome to 680 CJOB and welcome to Winnipeg. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Well, I'm uh, one of the things that I sort of enjoy about this kind of a, a symphony show is it, it allow. I think it welcomes in somebody who might not be able, might not be willing or maybe even sort of Inclined? Inclined is the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Greg. To go to the symphony because they might. A lot of think a lot of people think the symphony is kind of this hoity-toity stuffed sort of, shirt kind of. Yeah, thing. Mm-hmm. and it's actually not. But this is sort of an intro. Can, can be something to get people through the door. Would do you agree with that? Yes, I definitely agree, and I hope so. Um, you know, I think a lot of people when they think of orchestras, they tend to think of classical music, of course, because that's where so much class. You know, so much orchestral music has been written. But in a lot of ways, I feel like these days. Um, media, be it film and television, games, virtual reality, other other forms of uh, entertainment, is one of the great uh, uh, supporters of orchestral music. You have all this new music that's that's written, um, and uh, and we can't wait to be able to play it. You know, in concert. So you uh, you you're the conductor for this, but you've also composed a number of films. Yes, I have. Yes. So what I guess is. How long of a process is that? Is there sort of a, like a, a typical length of time it takes you to do it, or does it vary from production to production? It does vary. You know, it usually depends about on how much time they give you. So I've, I've done film scores where you write an hour of music. I, I've done it in as short as a few weeks when, when that's been needed. Um, and on some occasions, uh, you might have a, a very luxurious schedule, might be a number of months, but I would say on average, it's probably a, maybe about six weeks or so is, is a pretty common length of time to write a film score. Do you get to see the film first? Definitely. So talk about how that intertwines and how that connection with the film and how it brings out the music when you're composing it. We had the discussion uh, just a few weeks ago. They performed, the WASO did, uh, with E.T. Oh, yeah. Extraterrestrial, right? So they did the music live, and it was insinuated to us that it was critical that the conductor at the very least could see the film because (laughs) there is that connection. So maybe walk us through that and and give us some insight into the connection you have with the film while you're composing the music. Yeah, so the usual process when you're composing the score for a movie would be that the composer would, would have a meeting with the director and whoever else may be involved creatively in the film. Perhaps it might be producers or... Uh, um, you know, a writer or whomever may be uh, able to weigh in on, on creative decisions. And the order in which it happens is that they, they you know, they, they write the script for a movie, they cast it, they shoot it, they edit it, 
and then you uh, do the music and sound. So the music and all the sound work is the very last major creative addition that, that's done to a movie before it's mixed and, and, and is shown. So when I sit down to look at a movie, hopefully I'm seeing something that, that's fairly similar to what you might actually see in the theater or on TV. So that way we know exactly what the story is and, and, um, and, you, know, and, and you have a very honest conversation you know, with, with the director, things that perhaps you might not actually say on a behind-the-scenes DVD commentary. <laughs> you know, where it's oh, like, really? Yeah, you know, okay. where, where you talk about, well, what's working in the movie? What's not working? You know, what, what could be made better? What, 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 is, uh, what are each of these individual scenes really about? And, and you can kind of have that kind of open discussion, and, and then that's the role that the music can serve oftentimes is to help point up storylines and set time and place and, and bring, uh, bring out all the emotions within the story arc. Is the music almost like a character, an overarching character in the film? Oftentimes it really is. And the role of music can change a lot depending on, on, on the film. If it's a period film, then one of the roles of music might be to help set it for its time and place. Um, but, uh, uh, usually, um, the role of of music is to hopefully say something that maybe isn't being obviously noticed just by watching the movie. Um, there's a there's a great quote that uh, that I remember from a, a, a one of the late great film composers named Jerry Goldsmith, and Jerry Goldsmith um, said that if it, let's say you're scoring a western, uh, you don't score the galloping of the horse you score the fear in the rider. So you're saying something that may not be obvious to see. You know, you're, you're, you're speaking to the, to the emotions within the people. Talking in the air, filling in the silences almost. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love it. Well, the music often will, will provide a cue for the, the, whoever's watching the film to maybe realize something that isn't entirely evident or maybe to hint at what is to come, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's an opportunity with music that you can do foreshadowing, you can do hinting, you can do misdirection. Uh, there's a lot of different shaping of the film that can be done through the score. When when it comes to the creative process of working with the, the filmmaker, is there ever a time where you say, we should have music in this scene, and they say, you know what, I don't want music at all. And mm-hmm. then you... Have to? Do you ever butt heads in that way? Um, there can certainly be disagreements, and uh, the general rule, I would say, is that the role of the composer, particularly a film composer, is that the music is one element within this storytelling. So, if 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 I were to write music outside of a film, then it can just be all about the music. But if you're scoring a movie, then then you like you were saying before, it, it you're like a character in it, and it's all to help tell the story. And so usually, the person who knows the story best that they'd like to tell is the director. And so if you're in disagreement, most often you know the the, the director is is the vision that you want to serve. What are some of the movies that you've scored? So I've scored across a lot of different genres. Uh, lately, I've been scoring a lot of animation. Um, I've just recently scored two Scooby-Doo movies for Warner Brothers. Cool. Uh, I also score an animated series for Disney right now called Pen Zero Part-Time Hero. And we're in our second season. Uh, In addition to writing all the score, I also co-write all the songs. And 
so I've been doing a lot of animation lately. Ryan Shore is a an Emmy Award nominated composer. He is here in Winnipeg to conduct the Soundtracks Live show that is happening at the Centennial Concert Hall with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra this weekend. Well, and how about this accreditation and this credit? Assistant Music Director and Contributing Composer, Arranger, Orchestrator for the Academy Awards. Now, that is one of the most watched broadcasts on the planet. Mm-hmm. What was it like to work with that uh, on that production? Lady Gaga, John Legend, Adam Levine. Oh, man, my wife would be very jealous of that. Mm-hmm. Anna Kendrick, Common, Tim McGraw, Jack Black, Neil Patrick Harris, one of my favorites, and Jennifer Hudson. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, to work with them individually would be one thing, never mind in the biggest broadcast uh, on the planet. Indeed, and also to work with them all in such a short window of time. You know, like it'd be a thrill to work with any of those artists at any time. But when you're working on the Oscars, um, you know, you're working with these artists, sometimes two artists or more, you know, in one day of this size. Or every day, you know, you're going in the studio and, and, and getting a chance to work with them. It's, it's pretty surreal. Um, it's a lot of responsibility. Um, and done in a very short amount of time. I think we prepared maybe about 150 pieces of music for for the show. So that includes all of the nominated films, you know, all the scores for play-ons and play-offs. You have all the bump-outs to commercials and the rejoins and the opening number and the in-memoriam and um, uh, special material. You know, the, the, the year that I did it, Lady Gaga performed um, a suite from Sound of Music, um, so, uh, and then I returned the, the following year actually to work w- with Gaga again, uh, putting together the music or working on the music for her performance of, uh, the song, um, till it happens to you. Um, it was an incredible experience. And you're and involved in the, the live broadcast? Involved in the live broadcast as well. What's it like to have to play people off when they're trying to give a speech? <laughs> <laughs> Great question, Brett. Fortunately, I was not the one who actually okay. had to do okay. that. Um, <laughs> You're not drawing the uh, conductor's wand? <laughs> no. that somebody else? <laughs> uh, but those decisions are made, and, uh, and people, do get, people do get played off. Now, Ryan, you, you've got uh, Canadian roots, mm-hmm. uh, maybe some Canadian sense and sensibility, and when we see uh, what Meryl Streep said about Canadians, have you got a reputation in Hollywood as a Canadian? Do people know you that way? And uh, does it benefit you in any fashion in, in growing a, a quicker and a trusting relationship between uh, many of these artists that you work with? That's a great question. Um, I will say this. Um, from a personality standpoint, and I know it's a generalization, but uh, here in Canada, um, since I'm Canadian, we, we tend to have a reputation for being nice, which is a good thing, uh, you know, in, in uh, such a service-oriented industry as, as entertainment. That's a gr- I've never heard it called that before. I love that, service-oriented industry. I'm writing that down. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how I, I view it. You know, I'm, I'm providing a service of music, and, and I'm, you know, I, I aim to please and work with deadlines and budgets and and uh, and people's visions. So, um, so if perhaps uh, if any of the personality has helped, you know, just being able to work well with other people, um, and uh, also because I'm Canadian, sometimes there there are productions that are done here in Canada where they're actually looking for Canadian talent to be a part of it, and uh, and by being Canadian, that's actually um, been a benefit. Where know? did you grow up? Well, I was born in Toronto, but I moved to Florida in the United States 
when I was about four years old. Mm, the hard knock life. <laughs> yeah, not, not nearly as cold. <laughs> Okay, we're going to have to pause this conversation for a moment. With Ryan Shore, he is the conductor of Soundtracks Live, happening this weekend at the Centennial Concert Hall with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra. And we'll find out a little bit more about the music that he is going to be conducting this weekend. Brett McGarry, Greg Mackling, Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. They'd be spraying the orange trees with water with a forecast like that where you come from, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan Shore joins us here. He's here as a part of an outstanding series by the WSO this weekend and he's the conductor of Sound Tracks Live. So we talked about Star Wars. You're going to be doing some Star Wars music. Which, by the, are you a fan of those movies? I don't, oh, yeah. know, don't want to assume. No, a huge fan. Yeah, I've watched them all. So what's that like being able to be at in front of a, an orchestra and perform that live? Pretty surreal. You know, like when 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 you get to the parts that you really recognize. You know, like the main themes. It's pretty incredible, you know, to, to, you know, it brings back all the feelings of the movies and, and, and all the concerts that I've seen. I, I've, I've gone to see John Williams perform this music live, you know, at the Hollywood Bowl and other, other venues. It's, uh, it's quite a thrill. What other kind of themes will be performed this weekend for Soundtracks Live? Well, we're going to be performing music primarily from this past year's movies, and that'll include uh, Star Trek Beyond, X-Men Apocalypse, Zootopia, Storks, Kubo and the Two Strings, the uh, the remake of The Magnificent Seven. Um, I have a score uh, that I compose. It's, we're going to p- perform a suite. It'll be a, a, a world premiere of this suite because the movie actually hasn't come out yet. Uh, it's an animated film called The Legend of Muay Thai Nine Satra. Um, and and there are some other other scores as well. I believe we have 10 world premieres on this concert. Cool. Uh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The, the, the love of music, is it something that you can grow? Is it something that you can nurture? Or is are some people born with it, some people born without it? <laughs> that's a great question. Um, you know, if I were to answer that, I would say that I think what, however you define talent, however will one person decides to define talent, that I think that it's probably like many other things in life, that it's not just black or white. There, there's different degrees of it. And I think there, there are certainly people that seem to demonstrate unfathomable amounts of talent at a young age where they're truly doing something spectacular. Um, not, not just like, oh, isn't it nice? He sat at the piano and they played, <laughs> you know, chopsticks. Isn't that not like that? Like, you know, there, there's a jazz artist now, uh, a young uh, man named Joey Alexander, who's only 12 years old, um, and he is playing jazz at the absolute most advanced, highest, le- highest levels. It's unbelievable. Um, there, there are some extreme talents out there that it's almost impossible to explain. And then there are, uh, perhaps on the opposite side, maybe someone who perhaps... <laughs> It's going to sound terrible. But, Nobody's you know, listening. It's it, okay. It, you know, perhaps might be talent-free. Um, but, <laughs> but, but somehow. Yes. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, but I think the, for the majority of people who are working professionals, I, I, I will go out on a limb and say uh, that unless you're in those extremes, I think most people have a degree of talent that they've nurtured. You spend time and you develop it and you work, uh, you know, you work it up to, to a level. And so that's how I define but it. But there's some DNA involved. Uh, I mean, I mean, 
look who your uncle is. Is there any Howard Shore is your uncle? Howard right? is my uncle. Yes, right. So he's the composer, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So you know, is there a nature or nurture there? Did you get any of you know of this from the lineage, either through your DNA or by hanging around? You know, that's a great question. I was very inspired by my uncle because um, he was my uncle and I knew who he was when I was growing up and, and he was our famous uncle, you know, who's doing, uh, you know, big movies. And so that was certainly the, 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 the first time I started thinking about film scoring and I started thinking about taking, you know, music, profe- you know, like actually pursuing it. Uh, we, we play all the same instruments. We play saxophone, clarinet, flute and piano and then uh, uh, later composing um, so he was a great influence. Uh, that being said, I didn't grow up with my uncle. Um, I grew up in Florida. He was in New York doing Saturday Night Live and and uh, and doing other work in his career. So to me, he was always just the famous uncle that was out there, um, and and I was just observing what he was doing. So if if that, um, th- it was definitely an influence, but I, I wouldn't say that that it was part of the the uh, nurture part because we weren't really hanging out. Um, but that changed because after I went to uh, Berkeley College of Music in Boston for, for college, which is also where he went to school, um, when I graduated, um, I then uh, worked for Howard uh, for four years. And that was the beginning of my career, what was uh, doing orchestrations and some music producing and some copy work. And it was a fantastic way to learn about film scoring. Well, you can see Ryan Shore conduct Soundtracks Live this weekend, January 20th to 22nd. So the Friday show is at 8 p.m., the Saturday show is at 8 p.m., and the Sunday show is at 2 p.m., more at wso.ca. Included in this Soundtracks Live will be a whole bunch of music from Star Wars, The Force Awakens, which is really neat. So thanks for stopping by, Ryan. Really appreciate it. Have fun this weekend. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you at the concert. All right, Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB.